0: Your favorite football team has no chance whatsoever to succeed next season. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It's a teensy-weensy little chance. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you've found this. Ever since the Rams closed out their 23-20 victory over the Bengals the other night, a lot of the buzz has been about who's next. That's just how this goes. What's next, the draft, everything. It's a turning of the page. And part of that is that immediately the Caesar Sportsbook in Vegas puts out the odds to win the next Super Bowl because that's when the betting starts. The Chiefs were listed as the favorite, 13-2 odds. The Bills are next at 7-1. Now, obviously, neither of those teams won this Super Bowl. Neither of those teams even advanced that far. But understand that odds aren't set by odds makers per se. They're set by where the money goes. And the money is determined by, of course, the individual bettors. So that's who the bettors think will win it. What do they think of the Steelers' chances? The Steelers are listed at 60 to 1, which is the eighth worst set of odds of any team. They're tied with the Washington Whatevers and the Atlanta Falcons. Both of them are at 60 to 1. The worst odds of anyone are the Texans and the Jets. I guess somebody's presuming that the Jaguars are going to be at least a little bit better under a coach who's actually trying to coach them. But eighth worst, eighth worst, that's that's something, huh? The rest of the AFC North, the Bengals have the fourth best overall odds at 12 to 1, the Ravens are 20 to 1, and the Browns are at 40 to 1, tied for 10th worst. So the Steelers have the worst odds in the division, eighth worst overall. Now, I'm not here to dispute what betters think. I'm not a gambling guy. So I'm not really armed for arguments in one direction or the other here. I will, however, freely point out that one main reason everyone was so down about the Steelers in 2021 was their quarterback play. And I can promise you that those same people with that same mindset would have seen that the reason the Steelers would suddenly suck in 2022, and make no mistake, if you're the eighth worst team in the league, you suck. If if the Steelers were to drop to that level, they would say to you right now that it would be because of their quarterback play. Well, which is it? Which is it here? The Steelers' quarterback play was horrendous in 2021, according to a whole lot of people, and the Steelers are going to have a different quarterback in 2022, but that's supposed to be the thing that brings them down. Hmm. from making any kind of predictions about 2022. There's a ton of ground to cover. The team doesn't even have a general manager yet. Okay? It hasn't had a draft. It doesn't have, for sure, a quarterback. We don't know anything right now. And I understand that gamblers don't wait. There's certain bets that you can place at certain times. So, once again... Going to underscore that I'm not in a position to criticize betting lines, but here's what I know. This is what's like really, really firm in this setting. This head coach, and boy, is this going to get some cringes from some listeners, but this head coach has never had a losing season. Okay? Never, as in N E V E R. So what you'd be predicting for the Steelers to suck would literally come without precedent. Second, the Steelers have the best defensive player on the planet. With all due respect to Aaron Donald and what he just did this past weekend, T.J. Watt is better than anybody. And when you put him on a defense with Cam Hayward, Mika Fitzpatrick, some other pretty good players, and some holes that really don't seem all that challenging to fill. Without getting into a long discussion on the state of the defense, I don't see the Steelers' defense as being bad. In fact, I think there's a possibility, a lot of things playing out, that it could be quite good. Not as it was when we last saw it, but as it could be when we next see it. Now, the offense is obviously a different story. But I think we can agree that the Steelers have some top-tier talent on that side of the ball as well. Najee Harris, Pro Bowl, is a rookie. Did a lot of good things. Took some punishment. Learned a lot. Hopefully improved as a result of the first real adversity of his football career. Pat Fryermuth looks like a real live big-time tight end. This is the second year. Let's see if he can rise up. Deontay Johnson faded near season's end. I have hope for Deontay. I don't know that he's a true WR1. I don't know that that status matters all that much. I'm open to, in fact, maybe even getting to the point of encouraging the Steelers to think very seriously about a high-round pick invested in a wide receiver, even though no one anywhere would see that as a need. The offensive line would benefit immensely from a competent coach. I don't believe in Kendrick Green, but I do believe in Dan Moore. I do believe in Kevin Dotson. Quarterback, I mean, this is obviously the toughest one, you know. But if you looked at the way Ben played and you think it was awful, which most everyone did, certainly on the outside, then again, you should have a pretty tough time suggesting that the quarterback position would be the downfall of the next team. Because maybe Mason Rudolph, at his age and his status, can do things that Ben wasn't able to do at his age and his career status. Maybe that'll open up some things. Maybe, who knows, Matt Canada isn't the idiot a lot of people, including myself, paint him out to be. Maybe he just needs a certain type of personnel and it was never going to work with Ben. I, I All I'm saying is there's a lot that can still be done. And even on the offensive side of the ball, it's not exactly barren when it comes to pieces. Oh, and one other thing. The Steelers have about a billion dollars in cap space entering this offseason and a full draft class on the way. Um. You know, let's let's be mindful of precedent, both recent and going back even further before burying the franchise to the dregs of the league, which is what the early betting lines already done. When we come back to one question Back time for J1Q, and today's comes from Dave, who asks, Cam Hayward is putting together a pretty solid resume, sacks, all-pro selections, even extremely high pro football focus grades if you're into that sort of thing. Does he get into the Hall of Fame? And if not, what else does he need to do? Does two more eight-sack seasons in a Pro Bowl get it done? Dave, I I don't know that with Cam you're going to have a real easy time making – Numerical cases. He's an interior defensive lineman in a 3 4. As he's talked about himself in recent years, that's hurt his standing. It's hurt his Pro Bowl, his All Pro status, other awards and recognitions for which he's eligible, but doesn't often get, or at least he hadn't gotten until lately. Now, you mentioned PFF. We can laugh off PFF because every once in a while they do something completely insane where you go, "What, what the heck? I'm never paying attention to this again. But enough people are paying attention to what they're doing. And then from there, carrying that over into other similar analyses that are out there. Football outsiders is one that I like. Even the league itself does next-gen stats now where you can just get more information about how players are doing, particularly in the trenches where there aren't really solid statistics. But to try to answer your question, Sacks will help. Sacks will definitely help. The kind of season that he just had now with 10 of them, despite losing Tyson Alualu and Stefan to it, and having to do a whole lot more than what he should have been asked to do, both in terms of snap count and responsibility, and even getting moved around on the line and being deployed at nose tackle because the Steelers couldn't even manufacture a nose tackle. That's the kind of thing that gets noticed around football, inside the football world, but it's the kind of thing that fades hard in the waiting period from the time you're done to the time people start discussing your eligibility. It won't be easy. Pro Bowls will help. All Pro will help. Being in a discussion, as Cam was for a decent part of this year, for Defensive Player of the Year, even though he was on the defense that had the actual and ultimate defensive player of the year. That'll help. You know what would be the best shortcut? Yeah, yeah, that. Winning. Winning. Look, Cam's going to be 33 next season. Cam will have to be. No choice in this matter. One of the Steelers' best players on either side for them to contend, for them to apparently immensely exceed expectations. Cam is going to need longevity, and he knows that, and he's he's up to it. I asked him, this was in Baltimore, I asked him if he believes that he's still getting better, that he's actually getting better with age. And you know, some people will say that in a hokey way and, oh, I sure am, I'm smarter, maybe not able to do this or that that I was when I was younger. Cam's answer to me was, I have no choice. And he didn't just mean that, I'm sure, from the team standpoint. He meant that from, he wants the Hall of Fame. He wants the Hall of Fame. Somewhere on what I'm sure is a really long list of motivations, the Hall of Fame is there. I'll bet if he had to choose between a Super Bowl championship and a Hall of Fame, he would take the former. But the latter's right there. It's right there. It's going to be work. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one tomorrow.